Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Brett Bow and myself continue our discussion on vocation and biblical counseling. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Brian Rickey. And, and that's, that's it. it. That's it. No Jason. Uh, so thanks nope. to our two listeners that are, if Jason's not here. <laughs> Jason's not there. I'm not listening. Right. Um, what we normally do is we record about four episodes at a mm-hmm. crack. And uh, this is the particular week that Jason has set aside mm-hmm. uh, to kind of go away and work on his yep. uh, doctorate um, uh, final yep. thesis. Paper. So we can finally call him Dr. Goodham. Yeah. yeah. I know. Doctor, yeah. When he comes back, we should uh, we can give him a hard time about that, right? But, but I we all thought we all agreed about yeah. the three of us thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to talk about vocation mm-hmm. and biblical counseling, yeah, right? And I think that's a topic that we probably don't talk about enough. Yeah, you know? right. There, there's a stigma to that sort of topic. Yep. And and I wanted to say right at the get go here is. Uh, everybody needs counseling in a certain oh, yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, so me, it's... so me personally, mm-hmm. you know, and without, I, I want to say this in a really gracious way because I'm going to start with the end statement first. Um, my dad and mm-hmm. I have a wonderful biblical relationship, mm-hmm. and then God has done a miraculous work in both of our hearts. Amen. Uh, but when I grew up, my dad was exposed to abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, his you know, my great grandpa was also exposed to abuse, and it's mm-hmm. been there was some we, generational. Far, I think along. it's been about five generations, mm. and so I was exposed to it. May, not as bad as my dad, but yep. I was exposed to it. And there were some things I needed to overcome. Mm-hmm. And without good Christian biblical counselors, mm-hmm. I would have never been able to just really deal with that in a healthy mm-hmm. way. And I'm so yeah so grateful. But good. something we talked about last episode that we're going to get into here now is there was such a stigma behind this. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I'm older than you, you right. know, 53, it was really difficult to find a good Christian yeah, counselor. Right. And I'm so thankful that God actually brought me to uh, a church. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Baptist church that I was a media director of for years before mm-hmm. I became a pastor that had a whole counseling department. Oh, cool. And it was really cool. Yep. And it was it was all kind of centered around a Christian counseling mm-hmm. a department that was at that time out of Bethel, yeah. um, which Bethel at that time was was still quite conservative. And I don't know where it's at now. I hear rumors of this and that. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> right. But it was it was so beneficial for me. Yeah, good. You know, the but the one thing that really struck me as I was working through some of my own dysfunction that I learned or brought on by myself, yeah. part of my sinful nature, and, and trying to figure out, okay, how do I live in, with, and mm-hmm. for Christ, yes. you know, as a wounded Mm-hmm. Saved Christian. How do right. how do how do I navigate that? Yep. And I found a legalistic approach. Ah, uh, yes. Where behavior behavior modification was more important than getting at the root of things. Yes. Yep. And so, could you talk to that? Yeah. I think that's really important right. when we talk about this. Yep. And I, I think what you bring up here is a little bit of why I personally am convictionally Lutheran of. Find, your brother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, just the reacting to this legalistic behavior modification, almost as if you could go up to an apple tree and just take an apple that you bought at the grocery store and like staple it to the tree and say, there we go. It's producing fruit. Or or a tree, if you grunt hard enough, you can produce an orange. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. And so there's, there's a legalistic approach of 
And, and that's maybe, you know, I was talking about spectrums last episode yeah. of, of uh, you know, maybe another a way that people talk is like, just pray about it mm-hmm. uh, or just read your Bible. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but it, we're not talking about legalistic law-based um, solutions to the problems of the heart, yeah. the issues of the heart, which is what we're talking about. But gospel-centered, bringing Christ to bear upon the issues, um, filling every nook and cranny of our hearts with the, the grace of God, yeah. shining the light of grace, exposing darkness. The light shines and, yes. and exposes darkness. Yep. And sometimes the darkness is our own sinful heart that is harboring sin. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's our own sinful heart harboring how we have been hurt by yeah. others, by sin against by others. You bring up such a great point, and you mentioned briefly some of these trite Mm-hmm. Christian ease, quote yeah, unquote, right. statements yep. that people make, and it's all based on honestly lethargy. It's like I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with this, so you go pray <laughs> about this and you right. take care of that, or yeah. take two scriptures yep. and call me in the morning, and that doesn't right. help no. either. No, no, that it we're doesn't. not willing again to bear nope. one another's burdens, right. and it's really interesting how in our American mm-hmm. society, you've got yours, I've got mine. That's the way it needs to be, mm-hmm. you know. But when when it comes to partnering with someone or coming yep. alongside of somebody to help them to an environment yep. that's healthy, that's at the foot of the cross, resting, yep. you know, in the victory of Christ Jesus, but also embracing mm-hmm. that I am also simultaneously simultaneously yeah. saint and sinner. Yep, yep. And something sometimes bad bad things happen to good people. Yep. You yep. know, and I don't mean good in yeah, a biblical right. sense, but yep. but it doesn't deserve. Right. You know, bad things happen to people we, we who didn't too. ask yep. for it to happen to them. Right. And I think that's the heart of what that mm-hmm. statement is. Yep. And it's so funny how we just don't want to deal with mm-hmm. these things, and whether yep. we, whether we don't want to or whether we don't know how to. Right. Yep. It really kind of comes down to kind of self-preservation, and I'm just I get so angry. Yeah. Right. At that, you know. Right. And and I, I'm not saying that this is easy. Uh, and I want to call again to pastors, to lay people, to people in churches, people in pews. Mm-hmm. This is for everything. We need to grow in these skills. The thing, I, one of the things I love about biblical counseling movement is it really, it's like you're either going to use a Bible or you're not. Yeah. And you're going to be well-versed in scripture mm-hmm. and then be skilled at, have the Holy Spirit work through you to apply a word of law. When, yeah. If you sense it, and that's, I don't know, was it Luther that said the person that can distinguish law and gospel is like the highest doctor or, yeah. I, I can't remember the exact quote, yeah. but, uh, and that's kind of what we're aiming at here yeah. is to be skillful, to say, to study the scriptures, to know law and gospel well, yeah. and to take time. It's going to take some time to do this well. Uh, and that's and that's part of relationship too. Yeah. Of, in the vocations of our relationships, we're able to bring God's word to bear and yes. to share it uh, effectively, and to get at the their heart. Because in the the thing about biblical counseling, the other illustration I appreciate is the idea of a tree and the the root. Uh, I think it's Luke six forty five that mm. that says, uh, "Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks." Yes, and so what's happening in our hearts come out in yeah. how we talk. And, and so... Tree is known by its fruit. Tree is known by its fruit. Yep, fruit. yep. Yeah. And so that's a, a, a key verse in the biblical counseling movement of your heart, you are speaking what's in your heart. Yeah, yeah. You, either your your heart is actively responding to 
something has been done to you. And I don't want to sound like a, a broken record here, yeah. but uh, the way we act, uh, the, what, the what we do, what we say is an outflow of what's happening in our hearts. Yeah. And so in essence, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes, um, So uh, if, if there's like an anger problem, for yep. instance, there's a reason for that. It's yes. not just it's that <laughs> anger came and smacked me upside the head. Yeah. It, the, my heart is producing anger. Yeah. Be in response to something. Yep. And it's different for every person. So there's no one size fits all. But the things that you are angry about, Brian, are not the things that I would get angry yeah, about. Exactly. I do get angry. And so yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see that. But, yeah. but there's two like Christianese sayings that I think are so dangerous. And yeah. number one is, oh, you're perfect just the way you are. God doesn't make mistakes. So the second statement is true. God doesn't make mistakes, Mm -hmm. but sin has infected humanity. And so even our God-given personality is infected with that sinful nature. And all of us, all of us have issues that God wants to transform by resting in his victory, but also embracing a life of confession and repentance toward salvation without regret. Amen. Yeah, and it's it's the ongoing living in a, a constant state of repentance and faith. Yep. What they talk about in the book of Acts, yep. it clicks in with the Lutheran theology that's biblical yep. of we we repent of sin, we receive God's grace, yep. whatever it is yep. uh, in, in our lives. The other one mm-hmm. is just this idea that's like, we'll just stop doing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And that's the behavior yeah. modification part. So so say I, I, someone's given to yeah. a pornography addiction, yeah. you can put all the boundaries you want in place and you can try to walk, white knuckle your way through this. Yep, that doesn't and it's work. great because um, Alcoholics Anonymous understands this really reality really mm, well. Mm. You have to be get mm-hmm. to a place of brokenness yeah. and helplessness before you will really overcome this addiction. Mm-hmm. And so we a lot of times we want like, okay, we'll put this boundary in place. I've got safe eyes on my computer. Yeah, I've got right. you know, I've got, you know, clean router yeah. that stops any negative yep. stuff coming into my house through the internet. Right. You know, but what about cell phones? What about mm-hmm. you know, you can try and do yep. just behavior modification, but yep. if you miss right. what's driving that motivation. Right. The motive behind those actions, that's what God wants. And I thought we'd kick it off, and I'd love for you to get into this by reminding us of what Hebrews chapter 4 says. Mm -hmm. For the word of God is living and active, sharper Mm -hmm. than any two-edged sword, piercing to division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the what? Thoughts and intentions. intentions. Of the heart. That's right. So if you think that biblical counseling mm-hmm. is something that is more secular based than biblical based, you've got a problem with this text. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to be honest here. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to pick a fight with anybody, yeah. but I am tired. And this is my, uh, I'm an Enneagram 8. This is my 8 in me, you know, <laughs> saying that I, I'm tired of this sort of, of mm-hmm. lie. Sure. Because it is biblically based. Mm-hmm. And God does want these things. He wants us to come to a place mm-hmm. of a biblical healthiness that's not self-deprecation. No. That's not insecurity. False humility. Yep. And he also, he also wants us to remove arrogance and narcissism. Yep. Those are the two right. drastic sides of the spectrum to land in the middle mm-hmm. in a place where we are totally assured of our faith in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. because of him, not because of us, yep. not because of what we do or don't do, but then also embracing First John mm-hmm. chapter 1, yeah. walking in the light, allowing God to expose the things mm-hmm. he wants to transform. Right. Because the thing that we miss, and I can't wait for you to hear you talk about this, mm-hmm. 
is God already knew these things about us. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. When we, we're so afraid of discovering what lies behind our sinful actions or our sinful behavior mm-hmm. or our weak areas, yep. that all of a sudden God's going to stop loving us. Right. I'm here to assure you that he already knew yep. and he saved you anyway. Yep. So please and, talk and I, to that. I think part of that is people are hesitant to share these things because, especially in the church, because we feel like if we share our struggles or our, our sin, uh, that people are just going to put us in a category and throw us to the side. Yeah. But if we're patient with people in a biblical counseling kind of way, mm-hmm. we're not going to be scared off by people talking about, like, say, sexual sin or, mm-hmm. or other sins, because there might be something driving that behind. There might be something going on in the heart behind that. And there almost always is. Yep. Yep. And sometimes it's just our sinful nature. Right. You know, you weren't exposed to anything traumatic or whatever. In yeah. my case, I was actually exposed to graphic pornography at the age of five. Hmm. And that sent a distortion yep. in that area my whole life that I will I don't think I'll ever overcome. Yeah. I think I will always be an addict in that area. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that God can't transform me to oh, reveal absolutely. the motives of it yep. so that I can see the dysfunction yep. and continually put healthy spiritual right. boundaries, not behavior modification boundaries, mm-hmm. but truly spiritual mm-hmm. transforming boundaries in so that yep. the Holy Spirit can change my heart. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and I think that's the key here too is, you know, in these types of conversations uh, and part of being a good biblical counselor is asking good questions mm-hmm. and exposing, uh, I, I've heard one time, you know, ask, the, ask five whys, you know, why do you do that? Okay, that's the answer to that. Why do you do that? Just kind of drilling That's down. Funny. There's, uh, there's a cartoon that I used yeah. to tease people with. It's, a, it's from Animaniacs. <laughs> uh, it was, I think it was Mindy and her dog. Jason is smiling. I yeah. love Animaniacs. It's like yeah. one of the cool, But this little girl I don't know come if up, I'm familiar with this. Yeah, she would come up to her mom. I'll send you a oh, clip why, of it. Why? Say, why? <laughs> and well, I'm doing it because of this. Why? Uh-huh. Yeah. Why? Uh, love you, lady. Bye-bye. Right. And, and she's talking to her mom, you yep. know? But that's true. Yeah. Um, right. The formula that I, I use is, why do I do mm-hmm. what I'm about to do? Yep. yep. And who am I doing it for? And almost always, it's about doing mm-hmm. it for our own selves, right. out of fear, yep. protection, or out of arrogance, yep. where we're making ourselves right. God. Right. And and that could be different for every person. Uh, I've got. I haven't gotten a lot of training in this. Uh, it, this is kind of a weird. Why? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, because uh, I, I'm a pastor, and I've toyed with you know getting more education to. And I, part of it is I'm not sure I want to be a full blown like always spending mm-hmm. my time doing biblical counseling. Yeah. But in the little training I have had, one of the things that stood out to me was this statement. They said, um, "I do what I do because I want what I want." Yeah. And I think that that's true. That gets to the heart motivations oh, yeah. of why am I doing this particular thing? It's kind of like the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, right. Yep. But we have to understand that the heart is mm-hmm. deceitful and wicked. Right, <laughs> yes. And and that's God's gracious, gracious, God, God is graciously coming near to us to expose these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I know the drive in the evangelical church is to get this deeper thing with God, yeah. um, which... I, I get that, um, but I think there's a little bit of mystical mumbo yeah. jumbo that's mixed in with that. But what I'm talking about here is the God's word is coming. God is coming near to us in His word, and He's He's getting to that. It's like there's something happening in our heart, and we talk about like pinching a nerve or mm-hmm. or that touched on a nerve. I think God is in the business of 
doing that to to not have something that is harmful Absolutely. remain, yep. that he's dealing with it to move us into a more healthy, sp- more spiritually healthy um, relationship with him, both Absolutely. vertically and, and horizontally too. And John talks about that, mm-hmm. you know, um, as we walk in the light, yeah. as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Yep. And the yes. blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Yeah, right. And even Hebrews, you know, we read Hebrews yep, 4 yep. and in 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great mm-hmm. cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight yep, yep. and sin that clings so closely right. and let us run with endurance. And so yeah. here is- Isn't that it interesting? Is, he said yeah. weight and sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. really, honestly, yep. get in your place. And, and a lot of people don't want to talk about this. And mm-hmm. I would challenge you- all, all you listeners to think about this. What does it mean to love yourself biblically? We say love mm-hmm. your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. but what does it mean to love yourself biblically? Mm-hmm. This isn't narcissism. It isn't, no. isn't self-deprecation no. or insecurity. It's that place in the middle. Yeah. Resting in yep. the assurance of Christ. But how do you get there mm-hmm. without really digging in and, again, mm-hmm. exposing the motives yeah, and right. the thoughts and tensions of the heart? Right. Yeah. And that takes some time and skill yeah, to do that, you know, and here again, as we read in, in yeah. Hebrews four, the thoughts yeah. and tensions of the heart to That's lay right. aside every weight, yep. as it says in chapter four. Right. This is biblically what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. And sometimes the weights are a memory or or something like a, something that happened in our past. I know that sounds a little bit, you know, Fre- I know Freudian is the right word. It's but, not though, because that's what no, it was for me. But I think what happens is. Um, there's a biblical counselor named uh, Paul Tripp, mm-hmm. and, he's, yeah. and he said the most influential person is is ourselves because we talk to ourselves the most. I'm, I'm misquoting that, but basically he's saying- no, I understand, The person that you listen to the most is yourself because you're talking to yourself. Yeah. And sometimes with the past, something that happened in the past, we replay that tape in our mind over and over again. And our hearts are responding to that, right? Our hearts are actively responding to that. And, um, and it's never really dealt with mm. uh, and brought to the light. Yep. Um, one verse I wanted to share before we get too far. First Thessalonians five fourteen says, "And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all." Oh yeah. And I, I think that's a good summary here of that. Of as we talk to people, and this could be congregational member to congregational member. It could be pastor to a congregational member. Any combination of of that. Um, as, as people who are feeding on God's word and as things are exposed in our hearts, sometimes we're going to need to be admonished, <laughs> admonish the idol. Uh, sometimes we need encouragement, encourage the faint-hearted. Sometimes we just need help, help the weak. Yeah. Uh, and then be patient with them all. I think that's a good summary of all of that, of, you know, as as we shine the light of God's word, skillfully applying law and gospel through conversation, you know, this isn't anything really scary. It's mm-hmm. just conversationally talking about God's word in our lives, yep. that crossroads where life and scripture meet, that we get dr- uh, drilled down deep into what's happening yeah. in, in our hearts. Why, what's the driving force behind our actions, behind our words? And sometimes... It, to kind of tie it together, sometimes something's going to be exposed where we need to repent. Yeah. Where we just flat out 
maybe we've been sinned against, but mm-hmm. maybe we are responding in a sinful way with, right back to him. With me, I felt justified in mm-hmm. hanging on to my dysfunction. Yeah. Yep. Because something happened to me. And right. What was really fascinating, and I would encourage anyone who is afraid of this or mm-hmm. has that inner fear um, to ask God mm-hmm. to give you what you need to be strong and courageous, because the one thing that you cannot see until you go through something like that mm-hmm. and willing to dig down, you'll never begin to see the magnitude of God's extravagant grace until yep. you begin to see your sin. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really at the heart of what John Calvin said, where he says, knowing yourself begins with knowing God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that idea of getting to know yourself, because understanding that God saved you, even though he mm-hmm. knew everything about you. Yep, yep. And again, that's resting and trusting, yeah. you know, in the assurance and victory of Christ Jesus, right. because nothing's going to change your status in Christ. Finding something out that God already mm-hmm. knows about you mm-hmm. isn't going to shake or change your salvation, yep. but we're so afraid. And I think that sometimes we kind of build these protection mechanisms, these yep. false facades, yep. constructs. I've heard one counselor call it the yep. false self. Yep. And... um to me, and Paul talked about this in Galatians, it's the I mm-hmm. who asserts themselves spiritually mm-hmm. and tries to justify themselves spiritually yep. apart from Christ. Right. And when we are well, in Christians fear, can do that. Yeah. when we're in fear, we're actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Because oh, why do I do? I'm in fear. I'm doing it because mm-hmm. of fear. Well, who am I doing it for? Well, myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you're contrary to God's will in the sense you're making yep. your own will more important than mm-hmm. God. Yep. But when you dig into this and you ask God for courage to do this, you begin to see the extravagant grace and mercy yeah. that God has provided through yep. His one and only Son. Amen and I that. don't think you can really see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You you spoke beautifully there. Um, yeah, should we wrap up this episode here now? Yeah. I want to keep going. Yeah, yeah so I, know. I think we are going to keep going. But I think it'd be good. You yeah. had one more thing that you really wanted to touch on, and I think it's boundaries for pastors. Yeah, and I yep. think that's good. Know know your strengths. So we were talking off mic. Yeah. So um, I love taking personality inventory tests. And I do every other year. I actually hire a company to to assess me. Oh, yeah. Um, I found it such a valuable thing because... I've just I enjoy it because I get to see God's mercy in a clearer mm-hmm. way when I continue to see my deficiencies, yeah, you know. Yep. And I don't know why that excites me, but it kind of does. Mm-hmm. But I actually would make a horrible counselor, <laughs> and the reason the reason for that is because I'm a really strong teacher. Yeah. Like if you all my spiritual giftings tests that I've ever taken, uh, I'm a visionary, look down the road yep. kind of person, and I'm horrible with details. It's hard for me to make connections with people I've never met before. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to show empathy mm. to someone I've never met before. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I can't. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean I don't have compassion through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But I am naturally not gifted like my brother Brett here no. <laughs> in counseling someone on a one on one. But what I am gifted in in teaching someone why this is valuable for Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can talk about boundaries, healthy boundaries yep. for pastors, yep. but also for Christians, when do I go seek my pastor? When do I go yeah. to a Christian counselor? Yep. And how do I find a good one? Yeah, there you go. All right. So we'll talk about that next time. But Sounds I would good. love uh, to read Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 20, as I'm getting there as fast as I can. <laughs> Thank you, God, for digital stuff, yes. right? So. And this really ties in, and we're going to talk about this just a little bit in the next episode. Paul writes in his frustration of people mingling law and gospel, mm-hmm. and from at the at the heart of the principle, kind of a um, 
behavior modification approach to being saved. He says this in verse 20 of chapter 2 of the book of Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself Mm. for me. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, and Instagram. Please join us next week as we wrap up our discussion on vocation and biblical counseling. God bless you and have a great week.